And guys, guess what? Football started. In the FL next week. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, I want to welcome you to Grace Point Church again. If you are a first-time guest, I want to encourage you to fill out that card. At the end of the service, you can go to our welcome desk and get ahead. We have a gift for you. You can say how much we appreciate you coming because we know there's a lot of churches we could have went to, but God uh, brought you here and you came here and you're obedient. So don't forget to do that also. But today is uh, a special day for me. We get a chance to do something. Uh, we don't get a chance to do much. A lot of times we preach in series, um, but this time we get a chance to uh, today what we call, some weekends in the month, we call, we can have a standalone message. And when a standalone message is basically, we can um, pick up on what's going on in the world or the passion, what we think God is speaking today. So today we have two ways, two of those things, two of those pluses why we're going to preach, we're going to preach today because one, we just had a significant thing happen on Wednesday, um, 50 years of the speech of uh, Martin Luther King in D.C. And one of the great words they said, the time is now. And how that was so significant in our nation's history, how it changed a lot of things. And the second thing is that where we live at right now, how significant that is, and how God has taken his church and put us all together to do great things. Uh, you have that graphic of the hands. If you know about these hands, because we're going to go to the scripture in a minute. This came from South Africa. During the time of apartheid, um, our South African church, goes, his, pe his people church, uh, came together and decided they're not going to let apartheid separate them. Whatever man's put it, made apart, they're going to let the gospel bring together. And they put this image up in South Africa to the point that when Nelson Mandela came to our church, he was amazed at the unity. He was amazed at the diversity. And he was amazed at how much people genuinely loved each other. And, and when we did here, they did that in South Africa in our church in, in Tennessee, you know about Bethel Church in Tennessee? Um, they brought that around, and they brought that to Tennessee when they planted their churches there, and they put it all on billboards all around Tennessee because Tennessee was one of the areas that a lot of slavery was taking place. In fact, they, we, in fact we planted a church, Bethel Franklin, right in the spot where it was a plantation, and they can show you a tree where they used to hang slaves. And they did that on purpose because they wanted to show you that the gospel mends all wounds. The gospel changes everything around. So what I want to do today, I want to go ahead and go to Psalms 133 and unpack that psalm and show you how God loves unity. God is crazy about unity. And God does such amazing work through, through us and how he show, we can show the world that we're unified on the one, one banner, and that's Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about uniformity. I'm talking about unity with diversity because we're all from different places. Let's look at this. This is David wrote this song, Song of Sense for David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Number two. It is like precious oil on the head running down the beard of Aaron, running down on his collar of his robe. It is like the day of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Now you can read this is David looking out. And looking at some mountains, looking at Mount Hermon. If you didn't know Mount Hermon so significantly, we were having some issues with Syria this week. Well, Mount Hermon is the largest mountain in Syria. So that's amazing. And he's talking about how it flows down. How it flows down. I don't know about you, I've been around long enough to experience um, the passing of my relatives, 
passing of friends. And I always seem to notice one thing. With my mom, when she died, the night before she died, she, kept, was, she had me up all night. She called me out of the room. And she just submitted to me. I thought she was just chewing me out. But what she was doing was giving me final instructions on how to live life because she wasn't going to be around. And I got angry. She said, you selfish and you need to, you know, and she was trying to do things to me so quickly because when I came home that day, she went to the hospital and never came back. She had blood transplants. She died because she had cancer. So I've noticed even with uh, Pop, when Pop died, um, Donna's dad, when he passed away, a few weeks that he was in the hospital and he was tired. He knew he was ready to go, put a new body on in heaven. And they said, uh, he told them, I want to go home. They said, oh, you want to go here? No, I want to go home. And I notice over when I see when people pass, they actually give you some wisdom before they go. Something to live your life, something to uh, impart to you before they leave. Well, unity was one of those things that Jesus, if you look at Jesus uh, in, the, in the book of John from chapter 13 to, to uh, tw- down to 21, was his closing statement. And one of the big facts was in him, in unity, this was Jesus saying this, because he was going to die. He was going to be raised again. And he was going to go be with the Father. He knew he was giving some information to these guys. And when you read it all through the Bible, when Jesus said, hey, I'm, pa- I'm going to be dying, I'm going to pass, I'm going to ra- raise back up, they started, what they do, they started, well, who's going to be in charge? In fact, a couple of them sent their mother to him. Go tell Jesus that we want to sit on his left and we want to sit on his right. Those are sons of thunder. Those guys are crazy. Go tell him now. When he's gone, then we'll take over. They were fighting for position. And if you notice, Jesus never fought for position. It says in Philippians 2, the humility of Christ. He said he was even though he was even with God. He didn't call it. He humbled himself. Became a servant. So when he's talking about unity, this was his living will, I would say, from the end, from 13 to 21, about what he wanted. He said that we may all be what? Just as you, Father, are in me, I in you, that we also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Now, I realize he was talking about body, we call it body of Christ. Body unity, he's talking about being unified as a divine unity. What messes us up all the time when we talk about the Trinity. One God, three persons, three functions, the Trinity. The unity of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He says, I want my body of believers to be as unified as the divine order. Not the world, or divine order. And it was amazing when you look at that. Because I said, here, I want to celebrate some things. Because here in Abilene, Texas, we're so diverse. And if you've been coming to this church, we are diverse. I'll give you an example. How many people from ACU do I have here? Wow. Okay, put your hands down. How many people from McMurray? Nobody from McMurray? They'll be here next week when they beat ACU. <laughs> no, we have the doctor from McMurray. The uh, professor. You raised your hand, didn't you? Okay, you, I'm going to call on you again. How many Hart and Simmons folks do I have? How many Texas Tech medical students do I have? 
How many Dias Air Force Base personnel do I have? How many, um, what's another big one? Um, Blue Cross Blue Shield people do I have? Sorry about that. No, just kidding. How many people, who is not from Texas originally? Raise your hand. How many are home folk Texans? Abilene, Texas. <laughs> wow. How many Nigerians do I have? Where's the other? How many people from Africa do I have? Isn't God amazing? You writing my script? <laughs> How many Hispanic Mexicans? How many African Americans? How many are not sure? <laughs> the ones who are not sure, you're right, because there's nothing truly anything. How many, uh, how many Asians? Come on. We're, we're, all right. Come on now. That's right. From Philippines. She's from the Philippines. Been with us for the Philippines. You see what I'm talking about, the diversity that God builds. That is amazing. Now, trying to preach and trying to reach and trying to sing and try to do all those things with all of their diversity could be a challenge. But that's the way God planned it. When he said, my church, my, uh, my uh, temple will be a house of prayer for all the nations. We all represent all the nations. And that's amazing. When I unpack this, you'll see from the very beginning, when you read the book of Psalms 133, that was God's intent in the first place. Jesus, he just reinstated it in John. But when you see in the mountain and coming down, it's talking about a picture of it coming from heaven and flowing down onto earth what my body should look like. That's why I wanted to celebrate because when they kept saying the time is now, the time has already arrived here in Abilene, Texas. Now, I know we don't look like everybody else. We're not supposed to. And that's the greatest thing. You are, if you're part of this body, you are the richest people on the planet. Because if you don't have the money to go to the nations, the nations come here. I want to celebrate that. So when we look at and we unpack this scripture, Psalms 133, the first word, unity, it means this, a state of being undivided, having oneness, a condition of harmony. And that's from the, from the Holman Dictionary. Harmony. One thing I learned as a sound guy when I got trained when Cardwell Music was here. They said this. He said, a lot of sound people get confused when they think you're trying to blend. They said to turn it up. He says, no, I want you to turn it down to make harmony. Blend it. Bring it down. Don't be so boisterous. Bring it down so they all can participate. And that's what harmony is. One sound like one voice from all different walks of life. But when we sing and say Jesus is Lord, it's with one voice and one purpose. Okay, there we go. 
And that's what harmony sounds like. The other one, it says this, it's pleasant, delightful, sweet, lovely, agreeable, beautiful. That's what pleasant looks like. How many believe on Sunday morning it's the most pleasant place in the world? Sometimes you walk in like, I had a hard week, right? And you come in here and we start singing and praising God. That week kind of fall off you, don't it? I might have to change mics in a minute. I can't believe this. I don't know what happened to it. Okay, here we go. It's beautiful, delightful. It's amazing. That's what I call it. When I get up here and praise God and I look out, it's amazing, God, what you're doing, man. I'm not smart enough to do this. Only you ordained this from the beginning of the earth on what GPC was going to look like. How beautiful it is. And he's talking about this. When he talks about oil, the oil speaks of a fragrance. A fragrance. And when he talks about the dew of Hermon, it talks about nourishment. It talks about fruitfulness. And how fruitful it is to be in the house of God when the oil is flowing down. How it smells good. It looks good because it's real and God created it. Of ourselves, we will never do this because we're prone to look and grab at people who look just like us, who talk like us. But God says, no, I'm going to change. When you have a new nature, you have a new plan. You have a new appetite. So it's beautiful and delightful. Now, there's some things that really divide us that we see in the world today. Some of them are the ethnic, ethnicity. I talked about that on Wednesday. Social, depending where you are, how much money you make. People are separated by that. Ethnic divide is huge. Cultural, it's cultural diversity. It's different cultures. People from Africa don't call the government over the house. They just show up. Did you know that? America says, call me first. Africa says, why? <laughs> right? And when they pray, they'll make you mad because they get loud. And we, thank you, Lord Jesus. They're like, oh, Lord, come on. You know, I'm in all night. I see some of y'all, what is that? Especially when we worship, we got worship different. We all worship a little different. You know, Sammy's. And y'all like, whoa, ho, ho, ho. I just want to go high. Hallelujah. Right? And we blend it all up here. And we're like, what is this? <laughs> right? It's God. It's God. Because he's saying, everyone doesn't worship like you. Everyone doesn't pray like you. That's the diversity of it. It's so great. One's screaming, the other one's leaning. One wants to be quiet, the other one's screaming. Great. You don't deny the worship. It's worship. That's what makes a unity with diversity awesome. I want to want to look like me all the time. That means you all got to shave your head, <laughs> get a beard. Minus, I don't use that Grecian stuff. It's not uniformity. Political. Me and Ms. Donna, it's very interesting. We live in a sort of town where um, politically people think we're one. And it's kind of amazing because we go to the polls and they look at us. I think y'all in the wrong polling station. No, this is my polling station. Then he said, why are you going to the right? You see, you go, aren't you supposed to go to the right? They hold up the sign. No, we're going over here. 
It's kind of interesting. I went to pray for a, a known politician, you guys know about it, and I was in Texas. And I got called to pray. And I walked in. I'm saying, oh, Lord, I'm the only African-American here. <laughs> and he has a sign up there. He's about to bash the president. So I said, I'm going to pray. So, and God says, not about you. Because I was talking about me, you know. Because this is what he did. I wrote a nice prayer. Beautiful prayer. I put it on my iPad. And then we had, they had Wi-Fi so I can pull it up. So I stepped to the podium, opened up my iPad. Well, they put a whole bunch of stuff on the podium. So when I opened it, crash! And I'm saying, let's pray. I said, God, I'm the only black guy, and I tore up the joint. <laughs> he said, it ain't about you, dude. You're preaching. It's not about you. It had nothing to do with Martin Luther King up on the Capitol. Have you ever heard, you have to have a preacher in the mall of Washington, D.C., a preacher on a statue. It's not about his color of his skin. It's about him being a preacher. So it's amazing how God, he did that and showed me, it's not about you, because they called me and said, we're sorry that we left that stuff on the podium. But I felt like that commercial, um, Southwest ticket, sure wish I was somewhere else. <laughs> and then I had to read the whole prayer, and I'm like, Harry, and it felt like it was two hours long. I got to get out of here. Everyone's looking at me. So, it, you know, and guys, it's not about you. But politically, there's a big, there's a storm going on right now politically. But we're not called to be in that storm. Really. We're called to vote our, con- vote our, our hearts, and that's it. But you see how people can place you in different areas. Just because mentally they think you should be there. The uh, last one is economical. Again, economically, depends where you are. The God doesn't matter. doesn't matter to God where you are, how much money you make. You're still his child. Here's an amazing thing. Three things I want to share with you with this passage. One, unity is anointed by God. Two, is nourished by God. And three, is blessed by God. That's unity. And when you look at this scripture, when it's anointed by God, let's look at um, verse 2. It's like the precious oil on the head running down the beard on Aaron, the beard, yeah, on the beard of Aaron, running down his collar and his robe. You got to realize, Aaron, at this time, we're talking about this in the history. Aaron was a high priest. And when they anointed you, they poured the oil, which signified he would wear a breastplate with the 12 tribes of Israel on it. It signified that you were set apart and it was unity. All the tribes and everyone would walk in unity. You were set up, consecrated, set apart, and you would worship one God. He represented worship one God. And when you look at it, it's running down, anointing, oil, set apart, holy. In the community of God, we're anointed, we're set apart, and we are holy. And when you look at that, when you go to, um, when I looked at cross-references, I looked at this in the, uh, in, is it Deuteronomy or Exodus? Make sure I get it. Exodus 30, 25 to 30. And this is what happened when they, was setting the temple up and, and getting it ready. The same oil smelled good. It got cinnamon in it, myrrh, and it was awesome. And you shall make of these a sacred anointing, blended as by the perfume. It shall be a holy anointing oil. And with it you shall anoint the tent of meeting and the ark of the testimony. Talking about the temple. And the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and utensils, and the altar of incense. 
And the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils and the basings with the stand. And you shall consecrate them, set them apart, that they may be most, most holy. Whatever touches them will become holy. I love this. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may serve me as priests. And he's talking about being set apart. Now, if you look at that, the high priests represent the one who is going to go into the room, into the holies of holy with Christ, with, with God. We have a high priest. His name is Jesus Christ. The same anointing that flowed from Jesus Christ flows down to his church because he said he's the head and we are the body. And whatever comes in here has no, has no choice but to become holy, but to become part of because something draws you in because you, I smell something real. I smell, ooh, I, I smell something real. Is it perfect? No, it's real. And that's what you serve as priests as we set out. And you see how it comes out. It goes down and flows down from the heaven. God's original plan flows down to us. Number two. It's nourished by God. It says, like a dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountain of Zion. Unity is refreshing. If you didn't know about the Mount Hermon, it took about 61 inches of participation. I mean, precipitation. Participation, thank you. Precipitation. And in the wintertime, it may be snow-capped. In the spring, the water will flow down. And anything that's dry will be wet and nourished. And it got all the way to Mount Zion, the smaller mountain, and it came across whatever was dry. God would feed it by his dew. How many love September and October in Texas when that, you come out in the dew on the ground? It's nice, cool. And what happened back in those days, it'd be a nice, cool breeze of water flowing in, flowing in to those crops that need to grow. When, we do, uh, when we're in unity with one another and not separated by that, God brings in his nourishment from the Holy Spirit to teach us how to love each other like he loved us. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, 15, 5, it says this, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus. He gives us endurance and encouragement to celebrate each other's differences, not criticize them. It's, I tell you what, the, the greatest um, thing you can ha- a problem you can have is I try to judge people by what I would do. Versus when we come from Nigeria, we come from a different town, city, and none of us are from Abilene, only two. And the home folk have a different way of, their family. Change doesn't do well with them. Now the military, change is whatever. Here's the military. Hey, I'm about to make some changes. That's fine. It's okay. Is the mission going to change? No. All right, keep going. They care about the mission. They can care less about who's running it. I mean, it's like I worked in TAC Air Command, Tactical Air Command. Fly, fight, and win. ACC, Air Combat Command. Fly, fight, and win. Now, the aircraft are different. The approach is different. But the mission hasn't changed. So they can take change different all from around here, our college students. 
it's my time to celebrate and be real and have a great time and spread my wings. And, I, and some of our leaders are saying, no, plant yourself right here. And then we have those empty nesters when everyone's out the house. How many empty nesters I got here today? I know they do come back. It's okay, but you can raise your hand. But they don't live there. Did you take the keys yet? <laughs> Some of your parents right now, you don't know this, they changed your rooms. They put a hot tub in it. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Last one is, unity is blessed by God. For the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. One thing about unity is very appealing. I remember going back in Exodus, in the plagues. I'm going to have the worship team come up. And Pharaoh, heart was hardened to let the people go. Over 400 years in Egypt. And it, it was amazing. This is what God showed me. It's amazing out of all the plagues was slamming the Egyptians. The children of Israel were just going along their own day. Because I know, that I know uh, they were covered and protected by God. They were his chosen people. If you know about the children of Israel, if one slid down and didn't make it, say someone screwed, messed up, they would stop until they got right and they all go together. And God has shown me in these last days, especially in the next two or three years, that we as a people have to become one. Wherever, you're, wherever you want, you need to plant your life, look at me, for real, not, not religion. Plant your life in relationship and be real with God and be real with his people. Because times are going to come where you're going to see some things happen in the world, but we're not going to be touched by it. Because we serve an awesome and mighty God, and nothing's impossible with him. Let me show you something. Deuteronomy 28.8. Hit me like a ton of bricks. The Lord will command a blessing on you and your barns and all that you undertake. He will bless you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. That is a word right now for the people right now. The time is now. As we become a spiritual family, a real family, you start to really have purpose in connecting with God, connecting with his people. You fall underneath that oh, blessing, that anointing, that nourishment, that encouragement you need, that protection you need, that in the house of God, that only can come from there. And everything will get rocked around you. But the reason why it's going to get rocked, because he wants us, church, to step in and fix it. They're calling and they're asking, where's the church? And the church is getting ready to do it. Here's your worst enemy, you. Because whenever we go through something, we believe that we can fix it. We believe I can fix it. So I disappear and fix it. I come back worse. I'm not a good savior. And some of you are walking from hurt from the past. You cannot, you have to let grow up. Excuse me. I learn this all the time. You getting mad at them. We read this this week. It's like you drinking poison hoping they die. 
and you miss out on what God's best. Are people perfect? No. Am I perfect? Far from it. Is God perfect? Yes. But you got to climb back and you can't let the hurt of the past mess with your present and future, what God wants to do. So we talk about connecting the family, connecting, getting become a member, getting in life groups, all those steps that are hard to take, but you cannot be an island to yourself. And these days, guys, you've been watching the news. If we're not tied to God and we're not tied to God's people, we'll be flung out. Because life is not getting easier. It's not supposed to. Because what God is building, next scripture, is this. He's making us ambassadors, making his appeal through us, that we implore on behalf of God to be reconciled to Christ. When people see the unity of Christ, they see ambassadors for Christ. And our job is to appeal to come into where, it's, where it smells good. Appeal to come where it is fresh and nourished. Appeal to come in where your family will be blessed. Appeal to come in where your, care, your, your job will be blessed. Come in. But we have to go out and tell them to come in. But we're attractive because they're looking already. They're looking already. You know what's powerful? Come here, Chris. And we're going to start a song. Y'all ready to get ready to go? No one's powerful. Come here, Chris. Come here. You, come here. Come here, Jesse. Where's Jesse? Jesse playing? Jesse's always playing. Come here, Caleb. Because if I don't call her, she's going to say something on the news. Get up there. All right. Now, I need an Abilene person. I got an Abilene person. Anybody from Abilene? Really from Ab? Nobody? Come on up, Christian. When the body looks like this, I'm missing one person. Me. Okay. They got my hair, okay? All right. Yeah, come on. I got in that 12. Come on. I, this was not scripted in the ending. I'm sorry. Just say hi to everybody. When the body looks like this, we think... It's beautiful in here. But when we see each other in Walmart and the mall and we're hugging each other, it is powerful. It smells great. It looks fresh. And it looks like we're protected. And that's what God is saying. When we start really loving each other, really having the time with one another, not that I'm, everything's okay, but no, I'm really having a tough day. Reunited by God from all around the world, Africa, England, Mexico, all the nations that are represented in Abilene, Texas. I haven't even covered the refugees yet. When we all start walking together, we don't have to say much. They're going to come charging the gates looking, what is that? Show me that. Give me that. I need that for my family. Because anyone that's here today, you're sitting in a place of a miracle. Because you won't see this everywhere. You might see that at a football game, but we can't wait to get out of the game and tell y'all get out of my way. Here we love each other. Is it perfect? No, it's sufficient. I want to encourage you. We're on the breaking edge. What they say only 5% of the church population looks like this. We're on the cusp of breaking out and doing something great 
in Abilene, Texas. And you can become part of that. If you're already here, you're already part of it. Dive in to what God is doing. We don't have to march on Washington. Our march started right here. And that's our heart. God created us like this. I mean, you got to love a brother who loved the Doobie Brothers. Thank you, guys. And Lulac's awesome. <laughs> but you're saying, Pastor Rich, let's all stand. We're going to worship out. How's this going to happen? How's this going to go? I'm here to tell you how it's going to go. With God, all things are what? With God, all things are what? God, all things are what? What's going to do? He takes the impossible. What man says can't be done, and he does it. He takes care of it. He brings it to a new level and says, look at our God. So they see us, they'll see the glory of God. They won't see me. They'll see God's glory here in Texas, here in Abilene, here in Texas, all around the world. You're part of something special because you're special people. Let's get and praise our way out.